This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the wrestler, the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bits. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Now let's get it on the road. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the July 20th edition of One Nation Radio. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. There's a lot of stuff going on, so he needs to just get to it. Yeah, man. Uh, O.J. Simpson just got out of jail today. Um, <laughs> That's the first thing you know. <laughs> Like, R. Kelly's running... R. Kelly's out here running a sex cult. Like, and, and that's the first thing you let up was O.J.'s out. Okay, cool. Yes, O.J. Right. free. Let's go. Story go. of O.J. Uh, and joining us today for the first time, uh, mem- the third member of the SMC podcast. The previous two guys have been on here, Rance Morris and Caleb Baldwin. Uh, Carl Irvin. What's going on, Carl? Hey, Rich. What's going on, James? Good to finally get a chance to get on here with you guys. Uh, looking forward to chatting you up and uh, can't wait to see what happens with OJ when he finally gets out of jail for a big party or something. <laughs> Maybe we, they, they'll book him for WrestleMania like they wanted to do at WrestleMania 12. Um, <laughs> 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 Alright, uh, Carl, the first time uh, people come on the show, we pretty much like to ask them, you know, uh, how long they've been watching wrestling, favorite wrestlers, matches, <clears throat> kind of fan they are. Uh, tell everyone about yourself a little bit. All right, back from some technical difficulties. Go ahead and uh, tell everyone about yourself a little bit, uh, Carl. Yeah, sorry about that. That's all my fault. Um, so anyways, uh, basically started watching wrestling in the mid-'90s. Uh, actually kind of started with WCW. Uh, but right around the time, I kind of got lucky. I walked into, like, the Hogan, Nash, and Hall NWO startup, essentially. That's pretty much where my fandom begins. Uh, so right off the bat, just – for me, it, I actually didn't come out of WWF until maybe a, like a year later. So mm-hmm. I actually missed a little bit of the the beginning of Stone Cold Steve Austin to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of started out with the outsiders. Like Hall, Scott Hall is probably my favorite wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, never won a world championship, but man, he was just like the cool guy. Like yep. that's, not, that's the kind of guys I like. It's just the guys who are cool. It's cool to be bad, whatever it is. Tweener characters. Um, as far as, and like I was saying, you know, before, you know, favorite kind of matches and stuff like that. I mean, uh, my favorite match of all time is 1997 Bad Blood, Hell in a Cell, HBK and Taker. Uh, so much going on in that match. I mean, you got the debut of Kane, which is one of the best debuts ever. Yeah. Uh, the match itself is incredible. Um, it's hardcore, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. Of course, Vince McMahon on commentary, which that was like the last time he would be on a pay per view for commentary, if I if I recall correctly. Yeah. So yeah, that's I kinda, can't think of anything yeah, other than that. Right. So that's kind of where my fandom starts. Um, I'm mostly a WWE fan at the moment. I'm dabble in some other stuff. Um, I like a little bit of Evolve. Uh, we've gone. I've gone to a show before and enjoyed the hell out of myself. 
I can't get into GFW at all, but I have watched a little of New <laughs> Japan. So I mean, I'm not like crazy. Like I, I won't sit here and act like I know everything about every guy. I'm not a huge independent fan, but I try and keep up. Mostly WWE. That's the kind of fan. So that's kind of why they gave me the the Mark nickname in the, in the podcast because that's pretty much what I only watch. Hey, nothing wrong so, with that. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, and we're right there with you. We can't. I can't be supporting Jeff Jarrett in 2017. I, I just can't do it. Like he's no he's took enough people's yeah. money over the years, and apparently I'm he's gonna, and apparently he's going to be taking even more people's money because um there's something with the TNA contracts where the guys aren't going to make any money off of the merch. Only the company will make that, yeah. and then GFW will take 10 percent of their indie bookings, I believe. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I, I saw that the other day. If that's true, like, I mean, no wonder everybody leaves this company. You know, it's just a, they're complete dumpster fire. That's what I've been saying from the start. I mean, a lot of these guys, they're only wrestling so often. They need those merch sales. Right. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, James, what do you think about uh, Jeff Jarrett ripping these people off still in 2017? I don't know how he continues to do it. Like, the way he's been able to do this for the past twenty some odd years, it's it, it like it, it's like the Dukes of Hazard, where like they come to a they come to a cliff and they somehow find a ramp and they they go get the General Lee on the ramp and get over the over the clearing and Boss Hall goes to jail. It's it's always the same thing, <laughs> always the same thing with them or with him. Like no matter what the odds are, he's gonna survive. Like I believe when there is a nuclear holocaust. That the only thing that will survive will be the Jarrett's and Roaches. Unbelievable. Baby rats. <laughs> yes, like, uh, yeah. You going to sell merch and your talent doesn't get any of the money. Woo! That's some new shit. Uh, but on to more pertinent news. Uh, Brock Lesnar apparently um, has, has his name back in the pool for USADA testing, uh, basically calling his uh, status into question. There was a report. Uh, that came out and says he doesn't intend to re-sign with WWE after WrestleMania 34. Uh, people are speculating that he may be gearing up for a December or November fight with possibly Stipe Miocic or John Jones or any other big motherfucker that they want to put him with. But what do you guys make of this? Like, like how did how is Brock Lesnar about to finesse these guys again? <laughs> James, you want you want to take it, bro? If you want to, go ahead. No, Start guess go first. Guess go uh, first. Okay, I appreciate I appreciate the hospitality. Uh, so here here's the deal. I'm not a huge UFC fan in general. I'm mean, I watch, especially for guys like Brock, I guess. But I'm not really surprised at this whatsoever. Um, you know, me and the guys on the SMC podcast have talked about this a little bit. Um, Brock has done everything he wants to do, it seems like, in WWE. Uh, he, he's enjoyed he's, – it seems like currently he's really enjoyed working with Joe, if, if what you – you know, what we've read is true. Mm-hmm. So it seems like he's kind of on his last – not last leg, per se, but just there's nothing left for him to do there. And to be honest with you, with Brock anyway, I've been flat on him for a while. Uh, he's just kind of – the nostalgia – I don't even know if it's nostalgia is the right word, but it's just worn off. I mean, his matches are – some of them can be great, but at the same time, he's very one-dimensional now anyway. Um, he's shown a little passion in recent weeks, but I will say him going back to UFC, maybe he feels like he's got something to prove, right? I mean, I, you know, he got busted for the steroids or the performance enhancers or whatever it was when he fought 
Mark Hunt back at the UFC 200. So, you know, maybe he's got feels like he's got something to prove. Hey, I don't need the roids, whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, but really, I think if he's gone after WrestleMania, I'm not. It's not going to kill me. I mean, I, I like Brock and everything, but I feel like they've got enough men right now, enough guys on that roster where Brock isn't a necessity, and he's not there all the time anyway. So it's not. He's a special attraction, yes, but he doesn't. To me, he isn't like the lifeblood or anything. You know, he doesn't make the show run. It's the rest of the roster that does that. So, right, it doesn't surprise me that he's going to take off again. But it is what it is. It's Brock Lesnar. We all know he doesn't love wrestling that much. So, <laughs> not surprised. James, what you what you uh, what do you make of all this? Uh, I guess my take on it is like. Brock gets to do pretty much whatever he wants, and that's fine when you're Brock Lesnar and you you're able to command that in, in the market space or marketplace for you to be able to do two things. Um, in, in WWE circumstance, I would always be wary of him going out there and like being in an actual UFC fight that he could lose because you know that you know that's gonna it may not be the end of your box him as a box office draw for them, but like that would hamper it to an extent, and you want to make as much money as possible, of course. So. Um, I'm I'm just interested to see how this or when he actually is going to get a date if he gets a date and like how that affects you know Survivor Series world in WrestleMania season. So like we might be in a situation where he's you know he's fighting in you know February or something like that, and then like he has to finish up the rest of the dates that he that he owes on his contract. So he might be around until like. Survivor or uh, Royal Rumble of next year or Survivor Series of next year. Um, do I? If, if you're asking me, do I want him to stay or to, or to go? Like I, I like him. I, I enjoy. It. Like I, I, it was. I was at a point a couple, yeah, probably before the Goldberg feud where I was just like, okay, I get it. You're gonna come out and you're gonna need people a bunch of times and you're gonna uh, suplex people a bunch of times and you're gonna get the hell out of there. And you're gonna have basically the city squash match for people and going on about your business still be, you know, pretend it's super duper crazy. But um you know, the goal him putting over Goldberg and having that match and then what we've done with Joe, like I think I think now we're in a more positive direction from where we were, you know, after, you know, the Ambrose match at WrestleMania thirty two where it's just like, oh, this is gonna be the case where like he's not gonna do anything because he has to get ready for a UFC fight, then I I just I can't deal with this. Right. And basically, what what I think of this whole thing is, uh, I don't want to say pick one because if you, I'm not gonna hate on uh, how you get your money or anything like that. But like, just looking at it from the fans' perspective, I wish WWE was in a position to to be able to move on from him. Um, basically, as far as being a champion. Now, if you want to keep this guy around and use him for big matches, I'm all for that. But the fact that he holds the, the title and it basically gets hijacked for months at a time and, and leaves these guys on these shows just directionless. And week to week, we're the ones watching this shit. This is strictly for our enjoyment. I don't enjoy not seeing a, ch- a, t- a champion on TV. Now, I've heard people in the past pretty much say, you know, it makes the belt feel special. You know, I don't agree. I, I pretty much forget about the belt, and I wonder who these geeks on my screen are in the main events. Um, 
I, I think it could be interesting for Brock, you know, as far as opponents wise. Like, if there was a John Jones Brock Lesnar fight, I, I might be very interested in that. Um, but I feel like UFC fans are probably going to be really outraged at this. And as like Carl was saying, like, I'm not the biggest UFC uh, fan either, but I bet they hate Brock Lesnar, especially, you know, how he showed up juice to the gills at uh, UFC 200 and then got popped. <laughs> Yeah, Look, I mean, right. well, my thing for that would be like if you're upset with him being juice, like I hope you're upset with everybody else that gets popped with Usadi violations because that happens a lot in in combat sports, especially this particular combat sport. Oh, uh, you know, no, looking like you, John Jones, right? I mean, that dude yeah. like, can't keep his <laughs> nose out from the blow. So I mean, whatever. Like it's, I mean, they, they have no room to talk if you're a UFC fan about that kind of stuff at all. Well, I mean, cocaine is a little bit different than like you know taking like you know Pins. taking stuff to get you on and off a cycle. <laughs> that's a little yeah, different. That's fair. Like look, you know, like no, like everybody, you know, every, like everybody loves everybody loves us with Scarface, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so I guess um, I think that that's all. Oh, also, um, before we get to the battleground preview, we have to talk about Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan. Um, so they've built this thing up for months. I heard an audible groan. Um, <laughs> they built this thing up for months. Angle was uh, portraying it as he was going to be embarrassed. Um, there were subtle clues like Graves uh, asking, you know, I hope you had a, a happy Father's Day and, you know, things of that nature. And there was supposed to be this embarrassing, world-altering secret that, you know, he had. And it turned out to be that Jason Jordan was Kurt Angle's son. Whatever. Uh, I know everyone's rolling their eyes when they hear that. But the I'm just wondering who I'm, I'd be interested in somebody going back through all those tapes to see if Jason Jordan was the end result at the whole time when they were talking about he would be an embarrassment and you know just every other thing what did you, what are you guys impression of this because i wrote a column about you know laying out what they should do and i'll get to that in a minute but i want to know what you guys think of this whole thing <laughs> okay uh so I, I yeah i'll jump in right off here so first of all i also wrote something about this um in a competition we were doing on lords of pain right um i wanted to gay lover angle okay that's what i wanted that's what i wanted from the start because i was man but to me that's like the best there's so many ways you i feel like you can go with that uh, and it would take a lot of like sensitivity which is just something wwe is not always good at uh to do something like that angle considering what happened before you know with like billy and chuck and some of those other things that they did back in the day <laughs> however uh, i will say this and i thought uh my colleague on smc brought up a good point that when Kurt was so worried about it, and I think this is a good good thought process because if you think about any, like he just got his job back essentially, you know, he was brought back into the company um, after the debacle with him leaving, of course, and then jumping right to TNA. Um, so he's back in the good graces. And when you're back in the good graces and then like a month later, like maybe there's this thing that might kind of put your status with the company in jeopardy, especially now that we know it was an employee of the company. So I think there's that is plays a factor a little bit. And I hadn't thought of that before until he said that, because I was like, well, that's kind of where you guys were with that. Like, what's wrong with having a son? I mean, even if you didn't know who it was, it wasn't your fault, according to the story, right? right. So, 
so that that part I get, but being scared that well, crap, I just got my job back and now I'm already involved in something makes a lot of sense from his perspective. And if you remember, Corey was saying, "Hey, man, there's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, everything is be fine. And I got your back." So Corey was kind of wise enough to think that, you know, it's going to be fine. So you can be, think of yourself in Kurt's shoes, I guess. You know, with that situation, I, and it is a little corny. I was this was the last of the of the ideas in my head that I wanted to see. I thought about it happening, but I did not want it. But I'm gonna keep an open mind. You know, I like Jason Jordan, so and they do kind of look alike a little bit. So <laughs> I kind of feel like the similarities there. I feel like WWE needs to stop to listening to memes. Like they just really do. <laughs> right, James. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> James, what you got on this? I know you uh, got a take on this one. I mean, I, I mean, it was just ultimately it was underwhelming. I I really don't know what to say other than that. Like, I don't. I wouldn't say this is like gob, the gobbledygook or anything like that, you know. But it was just a. It, it seemed to me as if um, this is one of those things where and this happens in WWE all the time, where they build something but they don't actually know what the reveal actually is, and then they scramble, and then they, this is what they come, and then whatever it is is what it is, and you got, either it's going to be up to your. Either they built it so high they just can't meet anybody's reasonable expectations, or you know, or they go from there. And this is one of those ones where they built it up so high that you know people were thinking, could this be a payoff of Stephanie of the love triangle between Stephanie and Hunter from 2000 or 2001? Uh, people thought maybe to, maybe to bring in Dixie Carter onto the scene for whatever for whatever reason, God knows what it will be. People, you know, as you said, people thought this might be some situation where he reveals he's been living two lives, and by two lives, I mean like he's, he's living in the closet. But um, and then there was one, you know, the other one, you know, was somebody's somebody is his, is his child, seeing that he's forty seven years old. Somebody on the roster could legitimately be his, his child. So, you know, they went with the one that for me. I believe the only one that could have actually been a payoff of up to my up to most people's expectations would have been the Stephanie thing. But why do that? Like, if you're not going to pay that off 15 years or over 15 years ago, why pay it off now? Especially when like WWE desperately wants you to forget what happened on their TV two weeks ago. <laughs> um, That's a good point. Yeah. Um, what I will say is, like, I mean, I don't think they're dead in the water. I think, like, you know, given what they were doing with Jason Jordan already, like, this is better. Like, this is better than anything they were doing with him before, right? Where he's just like not on TV, and then maybe you know he was off TV just because they were trying to. He was, he was like, you know, one of the options they just put they just put on ice, and then they decided to roll with this. But you know, it gets them, um, it gets them a spotlight, and let's see what they do with it. Right. Uh, and that's kind of where I, where I'm at with it. When I saw it, I was like, "Oh, okay, Jason Jordan." Always been a fan of Jason Jordan. I remember seeing him over at NXT house shows. Like, man, that guy could be a world champion one day. I just hope he gets a shot. And now he's kind of getting a shot. However, I do not think this is a way to build a top. Like, this doesn't feel like the groundwork for a top babyface star. So, like in my column, I laid out pretty much like a whole scenario where it was like a Bret Hart versus Owen Hart like remix essentially, but with a father and a son. And I think it should eventually lead to Angle and Jordan wrestling. Like, if you're going to do something creative with Kurt and able, and you're able to get him cleared, 
you know, why go down that road that you do with all the other part-timers where you make them wrestle guys that they wrestled in their prime in, in matches that were better 20 years ago for the, for the most part. I, you know, not Brock and Goldberg for some odd reason, but... Right, right. <laughs> but if you do this, you can make a guy and you can make and you can make what Angle's doing important and he can make a guy. Like, as far as, like... You know, like Jason Jordan, if he goes through like and Jordan's his opponent by WrestleMania 34, and this whole story, you know, goes on where you know Jason Jordan he he starts thinking that you know, well, he's my kid, he's just like me, and then he he books Jason Jordan in these situations that put Jordan over his head, and then Jordan starts building a little resentment, like like come on man, I'm not ready for you know to be fighting against Braun Strowman or whatever, and then you know for some reason they they end up in a tag team match or whatever. And then they got to squash your issues and without giving away the whole column, but eventually things come to a breaking point. And, you know, if, if you're going to use Jordan and you, you deem him worthy of getting this storyline right here, he has to eventually be deemed worthy to fight angle in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. I I was thinking a little bit, maybe a little bit differently and I'm, I kind of see where you're coming from there, but you think about it, like, for me, when you're going to have these general manager roles, I always feel like general manager roles just suit better when the general manager is playing the heel. I mean, I just Ugh. don't care about the face. <laughs> I'm not saying I want that, but I'm saying I just feel like that's what's going to happen. Because look at if you kind of look at the way they're doing this, Jason and Kurt, they're having this moment and they're having this big hug and they're oh, it's all the other shoe is going to drop, man. It's coming. It just feels like, yeah, it feels like this, it just feels phony as hell. And it like, it's like I was telling my guys, you know, like, I, I can't wait to see, like, they'll do some back, some segments where it's like Jason Jordan's playing catch with his dad in the backyard, you know, and catching up on lost time. Like, he tweeted something out about that the other day. And I just feel like, man, this is going to turn into a heel situation. You know, it's going to be oh, yeah. so overbearing with the love, and they're going to, the fans are going to resent it. And if any, Anybody can be a great heel. Kurt Angle has proven that he can be an exceptional heel because he's 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 a likable heel, you know. And that's kind of what most of these guys are now, anyway, most, for the most part. So, I mean, I, I'm cool with seeing Kurt in the ring if he feels like he can go. Uh, and I mean, Jason Jordan, this is a good thing for him, no matter what. Oh yeah, because yeah, you're getting the Angle rub, right? I mean, that's the end. I mean, he's already a pretty good pretty good performer, anyway. I mean, he's got some things to work on, obviously, but at the same time, I mean, this works out well for him. But I just kind of feel like this is going to go that heel direction. I don't see this being something that's received well over the long haul, and I think yeah. that's by design. So, yeah. <clears throat> I have a question for both of y'all. Yeah. Were, were both of y'all like, I, and I, I think I already asked Rich, so you might have more, you might have, <clears throat> you already have like an idea in his mind, but I'm, because I'm calling you on the spot, but I asked Rich, um, the other day, like, are you guys kind of surprised at the way that that WWE, you know, wrestlers are like openly mocking this angle on Twitter? And <laughs> like, like this is really, you know, that's that's typically reserved for like. Actually, I can't even think of a precedent of like everybody has everybody has these like you know everybody got um, long say. lost long lost long lost relative jokes. Everybody. Yeah, um, man. I mean. You're right about that. I I feel like it, like Daniel Bryan did it. I know for sure. I saw him making a little joke about it. Yeah. Um, it, 
AJ Damn, did, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, he's trying to get fired and released or whatever. Yeah, yeah but, right. But AJ, but AJ did it with the freaking Young Bucks. Yes, on, on Twitter. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it is kind of weird. Yeah, it is. It, uh, it feels like maybe they're maybe they think it's ridiculous too. But again, I, I don't know how many of the Raw superstars did it because I haven't seen as much on that. But I mean, like we mentioned, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles for sure. Those are SmackDown guys, and they kind of like. Poking the bear at Raw anyway. Oh, Scott you know, Dawson did the, it. They've been doing that. Scott Dawson so, did it with uh, Art Anderson. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah, Scott. Said, yeah, Scott yeah. Dawson did it with saying that like he, like, Arn, he took a picture of side by side of uh, Arn Anderson. Uh, oh yeah, oh, with Arn. Yeah, with Arn, it was like you know, Dad or something like, like that. I got I got to talk to my mom <laughs> right. or something like that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, I guess certain guys maybe could get away with it. I mean, the revival are definitely the type you feel like to get away with it because of how their personalities are. So, I mean, I don't think they would just do it, you know, without feeling like they can get away with it, if that makes sense. I don't think they're just going to be like, I'm going to do this and fuck the company. I'll do whatever I want, you know? (laughs) So I feel like maybe they might have gotten green-lighted a little bit on that. Maybe not. I could be wrong about that. But that's just, I feel like, yeah, they're mocking it. Maybe that's the point. Maybe we're supposed to mock this. I don't know, man. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, well, it is really, you know, soap opera ish, which is, you know, I don't mean that in, a, in, I don't necessarily always mean that in a uh, pejorative sense because, you know, this is, this is male soap opera, right? Um, sure. But it was, it was just something where, like, he comes out, the crowd doesn't really know what to do. Like, they, like, begrudgingly clap. Like, Angle, Angle, you know, there are certain guys. I want to give props to Angle for the same reason I gave props to Brock Lesnar when uh, Orton was burning down his shack. Like, for you to be there, sitting there, and, like, this thing is, like, not really getting over all that great necessarily up, up until maybe a certain point, but, like, you just don't know, but you're still doing your job. And, like, to put this over, like, Angle angle on, uh, on or, sorry, the, the pay-per-view Great Balls of Fire – like he literally is out there, you know, praying hands for praying for Braun Strowman. Like completely in shock after you know, <laughs> after Roman tries to murder him, and then, yeah. and awesome. then you get to this point where he's you know he has to do this this, this silly reveal, and he act, you know he's actually crying. You know he's actually like puts on the crying face for for his for you know for his son and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what, Angle has been like you know. Angle so far has been really good at his job. Like they, when they've asked him to, to do this stuff, he's done it. I mean, obviously, you know, he has a lot of experience from doing this for years, but like it's something to like to, you know, be a veteran like him, look at this and be like, this ain't, you know, this, he's probably looking like this might, this probably ain't the, the heat in these streets and still, you know, still does his job. Like that's something that should be like committed and looked at by, by like the boys in the locker room or like the agents to tell like the, the young guys like, look, see, like even though things don't go your way or, or you're not doing what you absolutely want to do 100 percent of the time, like you still have to go out there and do your job. Do your yeah. job. Well, you know, I was I, I was thinking about this, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Rich. I'll, oh no, you're good. I'll, I'll be real quick. Um, if you think about that's a good point, James, because if you think about his Hall of Fame speech where he talked about taking chances and just right. doing things that are. You know, they seem crazy. Like, I mean, the dude yes. is playing like a ukulele or wearing yes. like his little toy cowboy hat and all that yes. dumb, dumb shit that he was doing. But it got over, you know. So, I mean, he's you're right, man. You're 100 percent correct. That, the, those are the kind of things that, you know, Kurt's cool with it because he knows that it can work, you know. And so you just got to be willing to 
buy into it. So yeah, man, go ahead, Rich. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, you're all good, man. I, I just hope at some point that uh, Jason Jordan gets a matching mini cowboy hat with uh, with Kurt at some point. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so I guess we can we can move into the preview for uh, the SmackDown exclusive pay per view Battleground, also known as WWE versus the World. Um, this whole card, you just look up and down it. Foreigner versus American. Foreigner okay. versus American. No, it's not even that, right? So it, the, the real part is. Well, yes, it is like every single thing is foreign versus American on the card, right? So every single match is foreign versus American. But the main thing about it is I think only two of the matches on the card, including the pre-show, has it to where there is an American heel. Everything else is good guy American versus y'all, yeah. right? And then, and then if it's – and then <laughs> – and then the situations where it's like, oh yeah, like there's a second American. Oh no, there's some more Americans. Like they're <laughs> there's, they're quote unquote savages. Yeah, like like the Uso Penitentiary, and then you also have Tamina, whose music sounds like you know the like worst. She's fresh off the island, which is ridiculous. Yes, it does. Even like she's second, like she's second generation. Clearly, she's second generation, but apparently, like she's still, you know, coming out the barefoot jungle music. Unbelievable. <laughs> and then uh, you got the Ravishing Russian in there, and you know, you got the Canadian Natalia. They don't really emphasize that too much, but hey, let's call a spade a spade. Um, and I guess we should let's go ahead and start with the uh, WWE Championship match. It hasn't been positioned first in our minds, but uh, we'll, we'll just with the with the historical you know the deference and the respect that the WWE Championship does deserve. Uh, we'll go ahead and, and and begin there. Jinder Mahal will be taking on Randy Orton in their third pay per view match in a Punjabi prison match. <sighs> I, I I can't believe I had to say that. I feel so bad for Randy Orton. Randy Orton had to wrestle in a, you know, he had to win a Royal Rumble that no one wanted him to win. Then he had to defeat a guy for the championship in the worst WrestleMania match, uh, main event, or excuse me, WrestleMania WWE championship match since Hogan Andre. Then he had to fight that same guy the next month on pay-per-view in something called a House of Horrors match. I don't even know what the hell that is still. Then he had to wrestle, he had to drop the world title to a career jobber. And then they've ended up in a Punjabi prison. I, no, no, no. How do you we get the part where they got the rematch and then Orton lost basically the same, same way he lost the title. Correct. Like, identical finishes where Singh Brothers get involved, he beats up the Singh Brothers, he rolls in and catches a finisher. Uh, yeah. You know, here, here's the crazy part though. Both of those matches still better than the two Bray Wyatt matches. As sad as that is to say. Bray you have Bray a point. Matches were terrible. You have a um, point. Yeah, you know, man, with Randy, I don't feel too bad for him because look at the way dude acts on Twitter. Like, it's all about his money. and I'm getting paid, you know. I mean, the whole the dot, 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 dive stuff he did to all the indie guys, you know. Like, I don't feel that bad for Randy. I mean, he's had a hell of a career. Um, and I know you guys probably aren't big Jinder Mahal fans, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I love the guy. But I do, like, I can appreciate them taking chances um, and it's a crazy – I mean, like I told the guys, they didn't hit a home run with this. I mean, they definitely didn't. I mean, they hit – to me, they hit a 
double some, somewhat. Because um, I think that at the end of the day, regardless of what happens with Ginger after the feud, you know, because I, I feel I do feel like this is the end. I, I'm pretty. I feel like Mahal is going to you know probably get through here. Um, but I, you know, I think they've they've at the very least, and yes, he was a jobber. You guys are absolutely right about that. At the very least, when he does drop that belt, I think they've at least got something built for him to where he can at least stay in the mid card. They built something for someone, which they've had trouble doing. I mean, they've always had trouble doing it. And you can argue there are guys that are better suited to be in this position, of course. Um, you know, and maybe they just did just want to get into that Indian market, you know. But I, I, I do think that, you know, I sh- try and keep an open mind because the first two Punjabi matches were just monsters, you know, and at least these guys aren't seven footers trying to climb two cages. Mm-hmm. So at the very least you do have that. I mean, I think that helps the match in some ways. And I've always thought the Punjabi gimmick could work, you know, but they just didn't go about it the right way with the first two. So I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot and see how it goes. I think it'll be better than people think it's going to be. That doesn't mean it's going to be six stars, no Tokyo Dome or anything <laughs> like that. But I think they'll do better than maybe a lot of people are thinking. And, I, you know, I, with gender, you know, I don't think this is going to go on much longer. So I think everybody will be happy eventually. You know, we probably had champions in the past that we've hated too. So this isn't anything new for us as fans. James, what you got on, on the Punjabi prison match? Yeah, I mean, I, one for one, I've never seen a Punjabi prison match. I've seen like you know a couple images here and there, maybe like a uh, like a GIF, here, maybe like a, a, a GIF here and there of it. Um, one of the from some of the stuff that I saw, like it was sort of weird because like from the hard from the hard camera, maybe you know in the past this might have been different, but like when they previewed it on on Tuesday, like. I was sitting there thinking, like, well, this entire match has to be completely aired from the cameraman or two cameramen that are going to be inside of the first, inside the larger uh, structure because you can't see shit. Yeah. Because it's too to view. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, I wonder, I, I mean, I hopefully, you know, you, you we've all been to WWE Live this before. Like, you know, like they pick and choose and decide on the basically when it, the basically like they get on. Either what side of the bed they roll off of it, they're going to put air match on the Titan Tron. So if this is a match we're not going to air on the Titan Tron, prepare for the crowd to turn on this match. Um, but I, I mean, I think the match could be okay. I, I mean, given what I've heard of the first two matches, like I'm not really, you know, I'm not psyched for this match, but the thing did look cool. And, you know, these dudes are better suited than anybody else, like when it was Batista and, and, uh, and Kali. So, you know, these guys are a lot more athletic than those two. So, you know, hopefully they have, they have the opportunity to put on the best one, which is like, you know, that ain't really saying much. But um, I just I just wonder what's next for um, gender after this, as far as, like, where is he going to take the title? Because, I mean, there, there's no way that Orton's going to win this, win this and then, like, extend that feud to SummerSlam. There's just no way. <laughs> um, so I wonder, like, who is this – like, who is this – like opponent at SummerSlam. Do you guys have any, you know, any thoughts on that? On, on, or any ideas or anything you thought about before about this? Um, 
I, I haven't really thought about it too much because I haven't really thought about the WWE Championship too much. They've really <laughs> not given us much of a reason. They they haven't main evented with it. They've pretty much put gender in segments and then gotten him out of the way in uh, a lot of the SmackDowns. And I've been you know a lot more focused on the US title as we mentioned on One Nation Live. But um, if you just look at the options, there's always Cena that you could do. Uh, you could. You don't think you, so? You think like this is a one and done with Rusev? Oh yeah, for sure. After, so yeah, basically, after you saw what they put on TV, you're like, oh yeah, Cena's gonna whoop that ass. Oh yeah, come battleground, and he's gonna go right, right to the top. You know, to the front of the line. You know, as yeah. <laughs> you know, North Carolina <laughs> to the front of the line. But um, yeah, I, I, maybe Cena in there. Uh, maybe you roll the dice and have Nakamura. You know, just just go ahead and just whoop his ass, and then you you nah, do you do your little this, your little pussyfoot cash in with Baron Corbin. Well, no, nah, my thing is this, right? Like, either Cena or or Nakamura is going to face AJ for the U.S. title at SummerSlam. So. Like, if Cena's going after it, then Nakamura, it's one or the other. Like, those two are going to be in title matches between the U.S. title and the WWE title. So, either, so it's going to be flip-flop. So, if Cena is going after, um, or so if it's not Cena, I mean, he can see Nakamura just based on the fact that, like, he can do the, it's a ready-made angle for him to, like, get cashed in on by Corbin because they've been feuding. Or if it's Cena, you know, they just do another, uh, you know, John Cena versus Foreign Hill uh, thing again. Bro, if they cash in on Shinsuke Nakamura after he wins the championship, you know how mad people are going to be? Well, that's why they would do it, just for heat. Heat. Well, what do you guys think about, and this is kind of out of left field because he's basically a glorified jobber, but what do you think about maybe Sami Zayn? I mean, I thought about about, that. I can see, well, I mean, I'm trust me, I'm no Sami Zayn, Mark, by any means. But I will say this: he's got he's he's got a little bit of history because he got screwed in that six man that originally got gender that that shot right. And then on top of that, I was thinking about you were saying Cena. Obviously, he's always a consideration. But I don't if he does face gender at a SummerSlam, I don't think he's going to win. But I think you have the option with someone like Sammy to either win or lose. It doesn't matter, and then you get the Baron Corbin cash in. That seems like the most. Logical. If you want to get the belt off gender, you put the case on Baron. He's not like the microphone ready guy that can sit Ooh. there and cut these great promos about being Mr. Money in the Bank anyway. So yeah, you feel like you kind of want to get that. Yeah, you want to get that especially case Especially now that talking smack is, go- is gone. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it would be fitting for Sami Zayn to pin Jinder Mahal. And everybody's like, yeah, Sammy got his moment. And then here comes fucking Barry Gordon. <laughs> yeah. It just steals it away from him. That's yeah. my prediction. Like the second there's a title change when the babyface wins, he's getting cashed in on immediately by Corbin. Yeah, exactly. So that that would be maybe a, just kind of a thought I had running in my brain. And trust me, I don't want to see Sammy win a title, not that title right now. But you know, yeah. it is what it is. Um, I mean, I I don't think he'll be in the title picture any soon, any bit soon. Cause I'm pretty sure he's about to lose to Mike Kanellis again on on Sunday. So. Yeah, Terrible. That's true. Terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Poor Sammy Zayn. Um, on to the U.S. Championship match, uh, AJ Styles versus the former face of America and Kevin Owens. Uh, these guys are beginning to run back their payback match that ended on a countout uh, as AJ Styles famously already won the U.S. title on a house show. Um, 
apparently for no reason now because he could have just won it at the pay per view. But these guys are gonna. I feel like we're gonna still get an awesome match. Maybe we can get the match that that these guys were supposed to have a couple months ago before they got handicapped by that finish. Yeah. In my mind, I think what they're doing is they're basically saying like we want to make sure that we have a fresh feud for AJ Styles at SummerSlam. So put the belt on him now, and then uh, we can have Kevin Owens get his title shot um, at the pay per view and sell that, and then get him out the way. And then move on. My question is, I don't know what's next for Kevin Owens after this. Like, I just don't know. Randy Orton? Mm, that'd be good. Yeah, it would be good. I, I'm with you, James. I think uh, it's probably they wanted to go ahead and get the feud over with. Feels like they've got bigger plans, or maybe not necessarily bigger plans, but they've got plans for AJ and Kevin that don't involve each other. So, yeah. I, you know... I don't know about AJ unless they want to do that Nakamura feud at SummerSlam instead of moving it to WrestleMania, uh, like a lot of rumors have said before. Uh, you could do that with Kevin, like you said, Randy Orton. I don't, I don't know. I mean, Kevin without the U.S. title and not looking into the world title picture necessarily, it's kind of hard to see where he's going unless he just, God forbid, rehashes a feud with Sami Zayn, Jesus <laughs> Christ, or you know, or just. I mean. It's hard to say with him because there's not a lot of. Doesn't feel like there's just a ton of guys. Not a lot you of faces. put him in there with right now. No, don't y'all think it's? Don't y'all hold on real quick. Don't y'all think it's really weird that, like, they just decided to just basically breeze right through a uh, AJ Styles Kevin Owens feud. Like, yeah, like they were both the champions of their respective brands. Like at just, the Royal Rumble. What? Yeah, at the Royal Rumble, and like now, like they're like, oh yeah, let's let's let's, let's like. Have a non-fish in the first one, and then like y'all are both inserted into uh, the Money in the Bank, and then like we'll have, and then we'll just have a title change on a house show, and then like we'll have, and then somebody will finally get a finish at the next pay per view after that, and then that's the end of the feud, over, and we'll just move on. And it, I thought that's sort of weird. Like you would think they would have, like we're not even at the point where like this feud is like some type of heated. Like this is a third, you know, this is their their third um, time they fought a pay per view over something that they wanted and it's like it's kind of like it's almost like this is their first match all over again yeah. this is their first match of this feud and now like this is actually like probably gonna be the last one it's sort of weird to me yeah and and uh, i think between these guys pretty much it just comes down to the performance i think you know the storyline hasn't been all that you know there and these guys if any guys are going to save it in the ring it's going to be these two so um, moving on to the next match, uh, John Cena makes his return to pay-per-view against Rusev in a fucking flag match. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, I, you, this, this whole show, uh, this U S versus the world thing, John, we got to talk about that promo that he cut. Oh my Do we gosh. Have to? Yes. Um, it was going just fine. We we have a live pay per view or a live pay per view Raw and SmackDown threads in the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group. So if you are listening to this, add yourself to the group and we will let you in on there. During th- these times live, I was like, watch Cena talk us into this whack storyline. Watch. Then I was like, well, he did it. And then he kept, he he went a like I like to say this about Enzo. He 
he does his job. He gets us to the destination. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't get off the highway. He just keeps cruising past a couple exits like, bro, you're going too far. And that's exactly what John Cena did when he started talking about 9-11 and all that other stuff and the wrestling promo over this ridiculous match that is for a flag that we don't even know how uh, they win. I'll let you gentlemen yeah. go ahead. Uh, sure. I'll say this. The 9-11 thing is weird because Rusev is Bulgarian. So, like, why are we even going there anyway? Like, that really doesn't have any – it doesn't pertain. And I get he's just trying to rile the crowd up now. Correct me if I'm wrong. They were in Birmingham, Alabama, right? Yes, they were, sir. Dude, (laughs) nothing is getting a a Birmingham, Alabama crowd fired up like a 9-11 promo. Oh, man. So, that – No, a roll tie would have got him more fired up. Okay, you're right. Yep, okay. Number two then, 9-11. Roll tie (laughs) and then 9-11. Absolutely. So, I'm just sitting here and thinking, all right, I think the way you win the flag match, and I'm probably wrong because I don't remember the last time I saw a flag match, but – you got to get the flag, and it's not just get the flag. I think you got to wave it around or something. Like that's, <laughs> that's no, ridiculous. I think, seriously, I don't. No, no, okay. The way it was, the way it was explained, and I think, I think, like the whole beatdown part was like the example was you take the fl- you take your flag, you get, you pull it down, and then you put it into the, the stand thing that's sitting um, ringside, or not ringside, but like by the front of the entrance. Uh, towards the barricades to the ring so okay. like if you remember mm. uh, like the la- one of the last uh, Rusev versus Swagger. Uh, Jack Swagger uh, flag matches it's, it's kind of pretty much like the exact same format gotcha okay. I can be honest to say I really don't remember those that much and maybe that's just me not, not paying attention to Jack Swagger or Rusev that much but I, I will take your word it. for it on that you're probably 100% right on that as far as the promo man it's John Cena. This is what he does. And it's, I love John, but man, I just feel sorry for Rusev. You talked about feeling sorry for Randy earlier, man. Oh, yeah. Rusev's who I feel sorry for. Like, this guy. There's a dude so walking talented. around with his world title He's on. He's hilarious. What's that? There's a dude walking around with his world title on. <laughs> In a way, yeah, absolutely, right? So he's. This guy's, he's uber talented. He's hilarious. He's, 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 I mean, to me, like, he doesn't even need to be the heel foreigner. We talk about having all these foreigner matches. He would be just fine as a face, and I think he'd get over just fine. And I feel like he's already had this feud with Cena before a while back, and then, of course, he lost because, LOL, Cena wins, right? But I think, you know, would it? am I crazy to think that Rusev could pull an upset here? I don't think you – if not for the TV on Tuesday – I don't think that was out of the question, but then that TV happened, and he kicked the the holy living shit out of Cena. And <laughs> yeah, they, I'll let the, you go the story there, they James. told like <laughs> like it pretty much informed you of how the match is going to go. Like he comes in, he fights him, he beats the hell out of him, and then like he puts him in the accolade. Cena tries to power out of it, and then he can't. And then, like, he goes down because he, he just couldn't overcome it. Like, he's, he basically said up the words, like, okay, gee, I wonder if on Sunday, if they're going to be in the same situation, this time he turns to an AA, and then he get, gets out, gets up there, and then pulls Old Glory down, and then puts, puts it, and then wins the match. Like, that seems like that's the finish. That could be. Yeah, like, uh, and, and, you know, that was also to inform the crowd of, of, of storytelling. So, you know, like, when it's flag match, the whole thing has to be storytelling because you can't have. 
you know, you, I mean, you can't have this athletic. Uh, you, you can't exactly have a, a Bushi versus Nakamura <laughs> in a flag match. Like, you know, you got to do a lot of, you know, a lot of smoke and mirrors uh, and, and uh, storytelling to get that match over. So, um, you know, but before that happened, I thought I thought Rusev really was going to win. I really did. I mean, because Cena can absorb a loss, and Rusev just came back. You know, like who knows when Cena leave is going to leave again. Like you kind of need to get the whole hill thing ready, especially like after they take the belt off of gender. Like what happens if you know they just basically just give up on him, or the bloom falls off the rose? You know, eight months from now, and they say, you know what, we're going a different direction. He's back to being a jobber. So you need like a solid guy that you can call up to be a main event hill at any given point. Like because Corbin might not be ready, probably is not ready, especially on the mic, he's not ready. Um, in the ring, he's so, he's kind he's kind of there if you can put him in there with more than one guy, but you throw that out there, then Kevin Owens like you know it don't seem like they're too happy with Kevin Owens right now. Looking where his placement is on this card and where what his prospects looks looks for in the future, like maybe he is a Orton and that would be a great feud because they've only wrestled like once or twice that I can remember on Raw, um, so that would be a fresh matchup for him, but. If, if they do that going forward, you know, Rusev needs to be somebody that they can have on deck and ready to, you know, be one of the main event guys that went, you know, to break, gla- break the glass in case of emergency type of thing. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about this, though. You, I mean, I don't know that WWE is necessarily unhappy with Owens just based on a placement of the card. I think I kind of feel like the whole AJ Owens thing in a lot of ways is just to bring a little bit more relevancy to the U.S. title. I mean, just because if anybody, I mean, if anybody can build that title up just a little bit more, it's one of those two. You know, that's just kind of where I'm where I'm at with that. I, I don't know where they're going next, obviously, and you could be right about that. But I feel like, you know, it's weird with gender as the champ, but it almost feels like the U.S. title is the more important strap right now. So in a lot of ways, I think they're just trying to use those two as a vehicle to make the U.S. title a little, little bit more important in the long run. Uh you know, so I don't know necessarily that I would say that they're not happy with Kevin Owens. That'd be, hard. I mean, that's crazy to me because as good as oh, he no, is no. at what he does. Well, well, I'm sorry, I'm just phrased. Like, I still think that he's a main man in the company. Like, he's a dude that's going to be in the company unless something happens, you know, weird. Like, he's a dude that's going to be prominent on the on whatever brand card he's on for the next like five, five years, years yeah. or so, right? Sure. I was, I'm just saying, like, it's so, he's almost in that same situation where, like, Rollins and Finn Balor are right now. We're like, they seem like, I'm pretty sure they're going to be the company five years from now. But, like, it's sort of weird right now. They're like, they feel like they're clearly not, like, I won't call, I don't, it doesn't feel right to call them mid-carters. But at the same time, I still can't they say they're not main eventers right now. Right. Sure. Um, so yeah, moving on uh, to, to uh, we've got the WWE Tag Team Championship match between the Usos and the New Day. These guys built this thing up about as hot as you can get a couple weeks ago with the with the rap battle. I definitely uh, wrote a column like expressing my love for how they did the segment, and now we are going to get the match that we have been waiting for for since last month since they did that walkout finish. That match was getting really good too, and I think they're the two best tag teams of this era 
unquestionably. Uh, I felt like the Usos were a Hall of Fame tag team before the heel turn, and since the heel turn, these guys have been a revelation, uh, not only on the mic, but they've pretty much turned into a more vicious version of themselves and came into it pretty much using that animosity that was thrown their way with the rain stuff and pretty much internalizing it. And then you get the New Day. Um, These guys, you know, they've been the champions forever on Raw. And this is like their, this might be the time to switch the title, but it's really interesting because I don't know who's going to win on this. What do you guys have on this? Uh, So, yeah, I'll tell you what. You're 100% nail on the head. These are the best two tag teams in the WWE in a long time. To me, the Usos, like you said, yeah, sure, post-shield, yeah. Uh, The Usos, to me, are the best. Uh, This, I mean, they needed a heel turn. It was fresh for them. I love it. It's awesome. Uh, One of my things about about WWE is I'm picky about buying merch, okay? And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. The second I saw that day one-ish T-shirt, and actually before I saw that, before that with the hoodies, I was looking for a way to just find that hoodie first. Well, the, the shirt came out. I got it, okay, because I'm all in on the Usos. And I love me some New Day, too. But the Usos have completely, like, done a complete 180 on their characters. And the New Day are still doing what the New Day does. So as much as I love the New Day and as great as they are, to me, the Usos are the team that you continue to keep those titles on right now. Maybe they drop them to SummerSlam. I don't know. But there's not a lot, just a ton going on in the tag team division on SmackDown anyway, unless maybe Brizango to some degree, but they're more of almost like a comedy act right now that can put on decent matches at the same time. But I feel like it's just those two. And that feud, I think people would still buy it for a, a little bit longer just because of who they are and what they've done so far. Uh, um, I was at Money in the Bank in St. Louis and got to see – the Usos and New Day and the walkout finish, that match was fire, okay? It was awesome. And the walkout yes. finish was perfect, in my opinion. A lot of people got mad about it. But it's like the, the Usos are like, fuck this, man. We're losing. We're out. You know? Like, it's perfectly like how they are in some ways right now. Taking advantage just, of that, of that it's, rule. It's on their time. They're going to lose on their time. You know, we're not losing tonight. It's going to be, you know, it's going to have – It's if they can find a way to get out of there, they're going to do it. So I'm kind of hoping for the Usos to, you know, retain. If they don't, it's cool because the New Day are great too. But the way that what the Usos have done with themselves and just reinvented their characters and kind of they're just kind of they're playing who they kind of are in real life, which is always feels like the best way to get over. It seems like it's just be who you are, just turned up a little bit. So and that's kind of what they are. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm all about them right now. Hope hope it turns out that they continue to carry the tag titles. Because they are the best team, best tag team in the company right now, in my opinion. Yeah, man. James, what you got on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm okay with whoever wins. I just want to finish. Like, I just want to actually like <laughs> for you, like you, like you can cheat or whatever. It's fine with me. Like, I just want like I just don't want to double count out. I don't want to count out. Like, I want somebody's like, like even if you got to pull the tights, even if you got to poke the eye to get the fall. Like, I do. I want. I just want a, a, a pinfall or a submission. Sure, um, on the mat. Because like like yeah, that match was so good um, in the last pay per view that like it felt like they just like oh screw, double middle finger to the cr- to everybody watching this like you stupid these <laughs> you want that's what you get for wasting your time watching our product but 
They, yeah, so, I, they were so afraid to beat either one of these teams then, I feel like, and I don't know. But you can beat the New Day if you just cheat, because all you got because you be, all you got to do is say, well, they did cheat, and get them, and you can get them a, a rematch, and just like this, we'll be right where we are, and actually have a heated match. Like this could could be a this could have been a tornado a tornado tag match or whatever. Maybe maybe that's something they're they're possibly saving for or SummerSlam. But uh, I felt like. I'm, I'm I'm just I'm really excited for for the card like basically because of this match because I think this is where they'll actually like give us a finish so that I'm actually I'm actually like anticipate I'm really pretty hyped for this card because of this match like between um, the AJ Owens match and this like I, and I'm I'm pretty excited for this card. Would you say that excitement has anything to do with the non-finish from the last time? You know what I'm saying like. They didn't give you what you wanted, and now they're making you salivate for something else right now. You know what no, I mean? No, um, I would say no, and the reason why is because, like, I've seen these guys wrestle before plenty of times, and, sure. like, the thing is, like, every, every like, match that the Usos and uh, them have been in, like, on pay-per-view, like, I don't think they really had, like, a paper, them in a pay-per-view solo one-on-one, except for, like, maybe 2015? Yeah, like the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Like back when like the Usos were still, or back when Usos still wearing like all the all the Cena colors, for lack of a better term, and then right. like New Day were still heels, still getting booed. But like you think of all the crazy matches they were in, I mean, you had the the the, the pre show match for WrestleMania thirty one that was that was great. Um, Forgotten. It's a shame that it was on pre show. Then you go back to like you, you all go all the way to where you get the TLC that year. That was a crazy. That was the craziest damn thing I ever seen. Just about. Um, and you know they've always been around each other. and They moved away from each other because like they made the Uso or they made the New Day into, you know, into a merchandise machine. So they were untouchable because you know they don't really emphasize the tag team division that much on the main card. So there's only room for one. So. If they're going to be the top guys in this in this division, then like everybody has to step aside and become more or less like the flavor of the month. Move around from uh, the south, right? But where we are now, we're in a nice spot. Like in the Usos, I mean, the stuff that they've done since the brand split when they turned heel on the on the on the alphas, they've been. I mean, this is the best run they've had in on a you know a Hall of Fame tag team run. Yeah. Uh, so I'm 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 just excited to see like what's next for them because like they honestly like. They're almost on like the Usos and the New. They're almost on some fight forever type stuff for me. Like I, I wouldn't mind seeing Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn wrestle in pay per view matches for the rest of their lives, right? Like I'm, I'm at the same spot with with the New Day and the Usos. I so, could agree with that for sure. And I love tag team wrestling, so that's I'm with you on that, man. Those two exactly. going for a while is awesome. Something that might not end up going for a while. It might just be a one-off. Shinsuke Nakamura and Baron Corbin uh, going at it with each other. Um, I'm actually, out of all the matches on this uh, card, I might be looking forward to this one the most. Um, it's Nakamura's second pay-per-view match. He's fully ingratiated as a character. Uh, he is. This is not his debut match. Um these guys have been building this up pretty much for a month. Uh, and I feel like people are beginning to doubt the greatness that is Shinsuke Nakamura. Or greatness of Shinsuke Nakamura. And I think he is a guy where 
it's going to be interesting to see who you match him against because there are dream matches everywhere. And then when you see something on paper that doesn't look like a dream match, Nakamura is the, he's kind of got that Randy Orton vibe. Like, Hmm, I'll give you however much y'all, y'all, you know, you, I'll give you whatever I feel, you know, will be necessary. But I feel like he's going to turn it up for some reason. What do you guys think about this match? Yeah. So this match is, is, is a, is a weird one to me. And I'm looking forward to it too, mostly because I'm trying to figure out the direction. Like we know Baron Corbin's Mr. Money in the Bank right now. So mm-hmm. you feel like in a lot of ways they want to try and keep him strong and legitimate, right? But at the same time, Shinsuke Nakamura is second pay-per-view match, still hasn't been pinned. They don't really want him to lose either, right? Like it's right. it's really weird. Like you gotta keep them both strong. And usually the problem with that is the matches always end up being Fuck a weird finish. Yeah, yes. double count out, something like that. So I'm a little worried about the result of the match. If anybody could afford the loss, I do think it's Baron because, I mean, even though he is Mr. Money in the Bank, it's not like we haven't seen him get beat. I mean, dude got beat by Sami Zayn a bunch of times, so it's not right. that big of a deal. And I think you still want to build Nakamura as the, the legitimate badass that he is. But I'm looking forward to the match. But it's it's just, like I said, it's real interesting. And I, I kind of agree with you on the Randy Orton comparison. Because if it's not some dream match, like Nakamura and AJ Styles, sometimes it just doesn't turn out the way you're hoping. And I'm a big Nakamura fan, but I don't know. It, it, it's this is a weird one. I don't I don't have like a just a bunch to go in depth on it because I like both guys. I know Baron Corbin is a little polarizing. A lot of people don't like him, but I do. You know, I like him because they've at least made it slow. He still hasn't won a singles title. You know, he had a good showing in the Rumble. He's Mister Money in the Bank, so you feel like. It's going to be a minute before they put him, you know, at the top of the card, which we know is going to happen eventually. He's going to be champion eventually. But it's really tough because I don't know what's going to happen. This is one of those matches where I want to tune in to see if they'll actually pick a guy and roll with it. Right. And I think the winner of the match, I think you kind of get an idea of maybe – if Nakamura wins, I think you kind of get an idea of the fact that he's probably – moving on to bigger and better. And I don't know that if he loses that that's the case. He might stay stagnant because WWE's history with Japanese superstars is not great, guys. And as good as Nakamura is, it doesn't necessarily mean anything because they have failed time and time again with Japanese wrestlers. And I don't know. I worry about Shinsuke a lot because I like him. So this is going to be a good one. It's going to be interesting. James, what you got on this one? Yeah, I think this is almost like the uh, like the pivot, like the pivotal, most pivotal match on the pivotal. That's not a word. Pivotal match on the card, um, <laughs> because like if this turns out to be even pleasant, then it means that it you know if this turns out to be a pleasant match, then like we're off to a good start as far as like the, the lookout of this card, because, the outlook of this card. Because like it's hard to imagine that this this could be. Like when you, and when everybody be shot, this was even like the second best match on the card. This after you know come Sunday. I mean, yeah, yeah, think, because yeah, like they don't have to worry about a Punjabi or a prison or a flag fucking anything up. Right, but I'm saying like you'll be surprised if this was if this was the second match, the second best match on the card. This is going to be a really bad pay per view. And I'm not saying that. I, and I mean, like there have been so because there are so many, or at least there are two matches in my mind that I think could be great. Or even like really good, like to balance out whatever you know wackiness there may be. So, uh, I think you know I'm, I'm sort of in the, in the same boat with you. 
uh, Carl, that you know Corbin definitely could afford could absorb a loss more, especially you know, especially also when you look back at the track record of like Money in the Bank winners, like they tend to beat them like a drum on pay per view for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so like you know, I would I, I'd imagine that. I'd imagine it'd be a W for Nakamura, but you know I would like to see a showing. And, and they had a, they've had some good uh, some. It seemed like they had some a bit of chemistry, like even more than like the Ziggler stuff early on with Nakamura. So like we'll see. Dolph like, Ziggler not on four, the card. I'm not expecting four star match, but I could, I'm expecting like you know hopefully we'll get like a three three and a half type type of thing in like yeah, well, they can, twelve yeah, minutes. They, they kind of have a little bit of both of them. They've got a little bit of that badassery about them. I mean, you know, so I can see the chemistry. You know, they might just go in there and beat the hell out of each other, which is fine. I, love I, I need guys. You guys, these guys to hit each other hard. Yeah, so if you entertain me while beating the hell out of each other, I'm down. I mean, that's all Stone Cold did post-broken neck for his pretty much his whole career is just beat the hell out of people. So that's cool with me, and you're right, man. They do have some chemistry. So I can see that being a pretty good match, you know, like you said, not anything groundbreaking or anything. But I think they'll put on a good show. Uh I hope that they establish Nakamura further as a badass because there's a reason that he can do all that dancing around like a jug and everything else. Yeah, like, hold on, hold on. You have to explain to Carl what a jug is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, you will, man. Yes. Uh, okay, um, so a jug basically um, is essentially a crackhead, you know, and, okay. and it's, just, it's just a short term, you know, whatever. But he, he does all that dancing around. Like a jug, and <laughs> and then then he does all that that weird funny stuff, and he's kind of flamboyant. But you got to put the the insurance behind that, and I think this is a match that that could do that. So I'm I'm hoping for for you know so if, if if Nakamura could get something great out of uh, one of those guys like Bad Luck Fale or something, I I definitely think Baron Corbin is is more than capable capable. Um, maybe it should be a hair versus hair match. Who who knows? I don't know. Um, oh, oh God, <laughs> that'd be a good thing for Baron. He'd be like losing on purpose. Like, Telling you, Telling you. Um, so uh, the next match, he, need, to, he, right? he needs to sign something in his contract, make a deal where he wrestles exclusively in 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 the uh, the Kofi. It's, it's exclusively in the hoodie or the Scully deal. Yes, <laughs> for real. Glue it on. That'd be okay. Yeah, S- super glue it. Um. We've got the. I want to talk about the women. Um, they got the fatal five way. Excuse me, elimination match to determine the number one contender for Naomi's women's championship at SummerSlam. So we may be headed for a one on one match. Who knows? Uh, the participants are Charlotte, Becky, Natalia, Tamina, and Lana. Poor Becky Lynch. I wanted to win so bad, but I just don't see it. Oh my god, me too. My lord. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see Becky win because she feels like the most complete character of all these all these women. As much as I am a Charlotte fan, I, I, I mean, who are you going to go with here? You feel like it's got to be heel versus face because it's Naomi and everybody loves Naomi. Um, but, I mean, your options basically boil down to Lana, who's already lost to her a bunch of times. Tamina, who I don't think anybody could give less of a shit about. And then Natalia. So I think I don't know who's going to win the match because it seems really crazy. Because I think either way, I almost get the feeling Carmella's time is coming at SummerSlam. That's kind of what I feel is like going to happen because they just don't have anybody. Carmella is the only viable heel 
of the women. I mean, Natalia can wrestle, but she's boring, you know? So I don't, I don't know. Like this match is weird. I mean, you could do the cool SummerSlam face face match with a Becky or a Charlotte. Cause both of them are probably capable to give Naomi a great match. Um, it's, it's kind of a weird, it's a weird dynamic here on this match. Cause they, it feels like they just don't know what to do nope. with the women. So they keep throwing them in matches, money in the yep. bank match, fatal five way. It's a money in the bank. Yeah. It's, it's, this is the one division on SmackDown of all of them. To me, the one area of the show that I'm just like, I don't care about. And, little backstory on me man i used to hate women's wrestling like especially when it was we like did too. kelly kelly and all that garbage <laughs> oh everybody hated kelly we kelly. did yeah. too everyone's everyone right everyone now, the worst. Man, yeah they've worked so hard and yet to get where they are for now as a group and now it still feels like wwe has no idea what to do with them so i don't really have like a prediction per se i just think it's pro- if i was going to give just a shot in the dark i'm going to say natalia just because i feel like it's someone Naomi can beat only for her to turn around and lose on a cash in. That's that's the only thing I got because I have no clue. I don't see it being Becky. I don't see it being Charlotte just because of the face face dynamic. I still feel like WWE feels like they have to do the face versus heel thing all the time until they prove me wrong. You know, I'm just going to continue to say that it's going to be one of these women that nobody gives a shit about. So. Right. And they did that Flair Becky match yeah. last week so, for some reason with a clean finish. Yeah. Yeah, that was odd. Yeah. Yeah, uh, from my perspective, like, okay, so, like, I feel like I can just, like, mix the two. The, the thing that's weird for me is, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, why in the world is Na- uh, Natalia in this match? Why is she, like, pulled out in that, and put as number one contender to face Naomi so Naomi can beat her and she has a match on the card? I don't understand. Like, is Naomi hurt or something? I don't get it. <clears throat> Especially given, like, she, she's she been on TV in these matches, like, just, just you know, just squashing uh, Lana in, in these nothing matches. Um, what I what I would say is that like, if you just move on from that from that perspective, like, if they had never just tra- they'd be in a lot better spot if they had not transitioned uh, Charlotte to being a face by just because she she moved to SmackDown. Um, if she was still a heel, or even I mean, even if they want to do a face by face face versus face program, they can still sell it as, you know, the two most athletic women in, in the women's division on either brand or, or fighting for the SmackDown Women's title, who's going to win and then, show, you know, have it be a, a big showcase. Um, and especially because it looks like on the, on the Raw side for the women, like, that's going to be a multi-woman match on, on the Raw side. So you can't do two multi-women matches for both brands. It's kind of like, you know, that's sort of redundant. Yeah. Um, I mean, what I, I would like it to be either Becky... I mean, I, I mean, I, if it's anybody but Becky or Charlotte that wins this match, like they, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do for SummerSlam. Like, I, like, <laughs> like can you imagine? It? Can you really imagine if like Tamita won this thing? Like, are you serious, bro? Like, I try not to just heat, that, yeah. you know, and it, it'll get some heat with it, you know. Uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> they do this with. I get, They're all about getting heat these days, man. Yeah, man, it, it's never paid off. Um, yeah, yeah, especially Becky. Becky, look, Becky got fucked twice in those ladder matches. Bro, like, Becky lost a fucking if, if, table match to lose the championship. She never even got yeah, pinned. Like, look, on, on some sucker shit, she got swiped. She got her leg side swiped. She got caught. Yes. Yeah, like, it wasn't like she got beat. She little, literally got caught, and then she went to go get a rematch, and then La Luchadora showed up. <laughs> 
It was Mickey James in a mask, look like the <laughs> the woman black scorpion out here. Like I don't. Yeah, you know, I think it's one of my favorite moments in, in SmackDown. Like even like SmackDown was doing really really well at that point. But like when that was the main event, and then like La Lucha Dora comes out, and then like I don't know about y'all, but I'm watching it, and like the second that I saw like the way that she moved in the ring, I was like, before she took the mask, I was like, that's Mickey James, ain't this a bitch? <laughs> and, she, and then and then they took the mask off, and I was like, yep, mask off, Mickey James, she's a heel. Well, all she, she had to do is that, even though she was a lovable baby face on NXT. Uh, broke on the NXT takeover. Don't figure. Very cool. All she had to do was that awful mitt kick, and you just knew. Like it takes like ten seconds for her to get her whole leg around and hit her. And you're like, yep, we know who that is immediately. So that wasn't that huge of a surprise, right? Hey Sierra, if you was <clears> listening, <throat> that was Carl talking bad about Mickey James, not me. So don't don't come my way with <laughs> none of that. Hey, I like her, but still. <laughs> um. Uh, the last match I want to talk about is uh, Sami Zayn versus Mike Kanellis. Um, I th- this will be short. This will be short. Um, poor Sami Zayn. He's probably going to have to lose to this dude. I just pretty much want to take this opportunity to shit on Mike Kanellis. Um, I think his gimmick <laughs> is death. Basically, he's he's like a, a lower version, like a lesser version of The Miz uh, with, with Maurice. Maria Kanellis has not nearly amount of, the amount of like you know screen presence to me that Maurice does, and the Mike Kanellis definitely isn't the Miz. Um, I'm feeling you know I haven't seen much of his work uh, pre- prior to this, whether it's in GFW or Ring of Honor, but when I see this character and I see how he's presented, I don't feel like you won't be around next year. That's that's what it feels like. So I'll leave it to you guys on that one. Wow, um, I, that's that's a fair assessment. I, I will say this: when he when he showed up at Money in the Bank for the first time with Maria, and he took her name, I thought to myself, "This is awesome because this is the kind of thing that pisses <laughs> people off. This yes. is the kind of thing that makes people mad, right? Like, what's he doing taking her fucking name? You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of thing in this crazy world now where it's like you can't do that. You know, if you do that." That's just awful. You're a pussy. I, mean, I wouldn't do it. I'm married. I didn't take my wife's last name. But um, so at first seeing it, I was like, this has legs. And Sammy is kind of like the perfect foil because as my buddy Caleb will tell you, he's the George Costanza almost of the WWE. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's he's not, just, he's, Sammy's not nearly as, as like, Sammy's harmless. Like, Oh, yeah, Sammy's <laughs> relatively harmless. George Costanza is just a just an asshole. That's true. But like Sammy, like he walks into these. He, he's the perfect guy because he walks into these situations. It's like and, wow, um, normal ass Sammy Zane has to deal with these weird motherfuckers. Yeah, and, and it's all. It feels like it's all accidental. He's like just trying to go to the ring, and he's like, oh shit, sorry, I interrupted your power of love. You know, whatever. So as Bennett, Mike Bennett, Mike Canellas, whatever, he's actually all right. He's not. Okay. I mean, he's not you know doing anything to make you go, oh my gosh. But Sam, if anybody can make Mike look really good, it is Sammy. And I'm not a huge Sammy Zane fan. I like him. I'm not a huge fan of him. But if anybody can make Mike look really great, Sammy is the guy. So if they're trying to push Mike forward, you pick the right guy to start with. Curse of being a good worker. Unfortunately, it comes. Well, it comes at the expense of Sammy, you know, which I think a lot of people are tired of seeing Sammy just continuously lose and lose and lose. 
and especially if it doesn't turn out to be anything with Mike and Maria, you know, like I, you kind of worry that they're wasting, just wasting time with Sammy that could be better suited for him doing something else by putting Mike Canellis over. So it's hard to say. I actually kind of am looking forward to the match, uh, just because I think it'll be a good one. Um, the Mike Canellis character, I'm still a little undecided on it. Um, I'm not where you are rich right now with that <laughs> where he's not going to be here in a year i'm not ready to go that far but i i i do think i do think it's going to be interesting to watch it play out just because they're so obnoxious and if anything obnoxious can work you know so <clears throat> james what you got on this guy okay so i'll start with the Canel- with mike canellas first and, and maria canellas i think that that few, or I think that they for initially starting out, they have not had enough mic time to get over the fact that they're jerks. I feel like, or to feel, or to get actual real heat that they want. Like if they want this thing to be something that is a top, a high mid card type of uh, gimmick. I feel like they need to, they needed, they would need more time in the ring or like on the stage to get this over, as opposed to they come out here, they talk for five seconds. Sammy's accidentally hits his music and comes out, interrupts him, and says, "I'm sorry," walking by. Like I, I felt like they needed more. Um, you know, they can they can change it over time. Like, but I feel like it has been enough to get the part over that these are people that are, are annoying. Um, they just, I mean, maybe, maybe it's just me being like, well, dude, all they're saying is they're in love. Like, I don't see how, like, this isn't, this is far to me is like less insufferable than, um, than when like Stephanie and Hunter would go out there and do the, do the Eskimo kisses. Oh man. I, I think like, their theme but, song is just like, so like, oh my gosh, I hate these people. I love, I, that's why it's good. Like, cause I mean, that, that is like a song straight out of like 1984. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Maybe I'm just marked I will say out. This, like, I I think I think that it's so, you know the way they're, they're presenting it, like it seems like a dead end gimmick. Like it's going to be something that they're going to kill off within a, a matter of six months, maybe less than that. But um, that jacket was sweet that he came out. Uh, he came out in on uh, on Tuesday. That the white jacket with like the with like the uh, pink kisses all over, it, and then like he had Maria on the back of an airbrush. Oh yeah, it was like awesome. I thought to myself, like <laughs> I know Shawn Michaels saw this and was like, it was like basically kicking himself and uh, kicking himself that like 1995 Shawn Michaels would have a jacket exactly like that. A <laughs> <laughs> like, 95 Shawn Michaels would have wore that over the coolest thing ever. That's oh, very man. true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But that's the show. That's uh. That's WWE Battleground. I. I oh. So, oh. Sorry. Anything else? I, I, I want to bring up from from Sage. I, I. I want to bring up uh, Canelo's first, but. From Sammy's perspective, one, this is Battleground 2017. Battleground 2016, he had one of the five best matches on the main uh, singles uh, main card matches of the year last year at, at Battleground, where he finally finally defeated Kevin Owens and got vengeance for what for him getting double crossed at NXT by his uh, longtime friend, and looked like you know I wouldn't say necessarily skies was the limit for him. But it looked like he was in a clear upward trajectory. And it looked like, you know, the way things were set up, you know, at that point in time, it looked like he could have, you know, he could have gone after the U.S. title and faced Rusev and had his feud and probably would have got beat. But it looked like he was actually going to put him, you know, prominently in the mid-card. 
and they decide to go with Reigns for that job instead of having Reigns go against Owens at that point, and they say that the Owens-Reigns feud for the end of the year or the beginning of the next year, but like in one year, he went from looking like it looked like we were in a good place with him to now just like, I don't know what's next. Like every time he gets a new feud, I'm like, I just don't know what's next for him. Like they, like they have no ideas for what they're going to do with him. Oh, he, he could be, he could be everything they want, except they'll never find out unless they, until they finally do. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I love Sami Zayn. I think he's a, uh, spectacular wrestler. Uh, I saw it in NXT. I witnessed it in person during while he was at NXT. Uh, I pretty much thought he was the dusty roads of NXT. Everyone was there for Zayn and, I think he can do that. They, he just needs the opportunity. Um, yeah, but that's that's pretty much it on the uh, Battleground show. I guess we can go through what predict, predictions in a lightning round real quick. Uh, Mahal and Norton, who we got? Uh, Mahal. Mahal. Yeah. Gender. Yeah, good God. Um, Usos versus New Day. Uh, Usos. I'm taking New Day. I'm going to take the Usos uh, to retain. Uh, Cena versus Rusev. The only, reason why, oh, hold on. the only reason why I'm saying New Day is because I want them to have based like a big blow-off at SummerSlam. The That's the only reason why I'm saying it. Gotcha. Um, Cena versus Rusev. I'm going to take Cena. Mm-hmm. You say Cena, Rich? Yes, yes, I'm going to take Cena. Man, okay. I'm just going to go against, against the grain one time and say they're throwing us for this huge curve. I'm going to go as Rusev. I'm I'm picking Cena, but I'm rooting for Rusev. Gotcha. Uh, the women. Uh, I'm gonna jump out the window and say, "Fuck it." Becky Lynch rides the wave of momentum and, and, and gets the gets the victory. Okay. James convinced me a little bit with his argument on the Becky Charlotte thing. I'm gonna go with Charlotte. Say we get Charlotte and Naomi at SummerSlam. I'm picking Charlotte. I'm rooting like hell for Becky. I love Becky Lynch. She's the best. Like there was a point in time where like she was the only. Like there was a point in time where like she was like the only there was so much like heel stuff like we were probably like, beginning of the last of this year where like there were so many heel champions everything and like she had mission on talk spec was like I don't like the fact that like this like this company is overwhelmed with bad guys always cheating and stuff like I love I love like her wanting to be a good person like I love that. But she's the best. Which means she's probably going to turn soon. But, um... <laughs> Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. I'm going to take Nakamura. Uh, I don't same. think they're I that dumb. On this one. It's a clean sweep. Um, we got AJ Styles defending the U.S. title against Kevin Owens. Uh, Carl, what you got on this one? Oh, man. It's tough. Because Kevin Owens, by the way, it's just... Uh, full disclosure is my favorite wrestler in WWE right now. He's ah. my number one guy. Um, but He's I'm going to awesome. go with AJ Styles. He's awesome. Yeah, he is. I, I, yeah, I'll go with Styles on this one. I, yeah. I just don't see. I feel like they're going to go somewhere else with Kevin right now. Uh, Styles, and I hope Styles, you know, actually finally gets to have a U.S. Open Challenge yes, match. The like AJ the next, Styles Open Challenge. Day. Run it! Like, we need to get this popped off. Like, don't look, don't tease me, don't tease me with greatness, and then don't like give it to me after two weeks. Like, I want, I want to see, you know, the U.S. Challenge. I feel like that's the story of WWE in 2017: teasing us with greatness and then not giving it to us. Um, well, that's how they booked their last two pay per views. Yeah, and great wrestling, bad booking. 
I'm going to go ahead and take Styles as well, complete the trifecta, uh, where I think we're all on the same page here. Uh, I don't think they, they beat him, uh, let him win the title on the house show for to just lose it right away. Uh, Sami Zayn and Mike Kanellis. I'm going to take Zayn because I think that they go with the 50-50 booking on this one. Uh, not like the Styles and Owens match, but just because, I mean, Zayn already did the job on TV. Even these guys out somewhere. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I think Sammy's going to win because really I think Maria is the vehicle that drives this whole little power of love thing. So yeah. Bennett can take a loss and it's going to be all right. They, they may end up continuing to feud for God's sake. So, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll go with Sammy on this one too. I'll say the Canellises. Um the reason my, my thought process behind that is they don't WWE seems to not or I'm, I'm going to say it like this WWE like they just signed signed the Canellises and they already don't care but like they've had Sami Zayn for around for a year now for a year and change and they've never and it seems like they've never cared even for except for like a month so like they just going to beat they so they might as well try pushing the new thing hopefully that takes off so the, I'll go with the Canellises man WWE Battleground could be the worst show of the year. Uh, <laughs> Carl, I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, Carl, why don't you let everybody know um, where they can find you on uh, social media and all that. Yeah, no problem. So you guys will hate me. I don't have a Facebook page. Um, however, um, we are going to be debuting our, me, Rance, and Caleb, who you guys have heard before, are going to be de- debuting our new podcast here pretty soon, probably around SummerSlam. Uh, you can follow that at the SMC podcast. Shout out to my guys there. Uh, me personally, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kervin SMC K E R V I N. Um, I do tweet a little bit, so I'm, that's pretty much where I'm at most of the time. So uh, nice. No Facebook, but I do have the Twitter machine. Yep, and, and Carl also uh, contributes columns in the Lords of Pain columns forum uh, as well with rants from time to time. Uh, James, oh yeah, any, I should have put myself over there for sure, man. I, you know, I, uh, James, you got any uh, final thoughts you want to add before we get up out of here? Yeah, I mean, there's been so much stuff going on this this week. Like, there's been a crazy week for like celebrity news or whatever. Um, but, um. <sighs> hard for me to get this out but like I wasn't much of a I wouldn't say that I'm a huge gigantic Linkin Park fan or was even I would say that I was I was a fan of their first two albums Meteora and um, Hybrid Theory so yeah. um, RIP to Chester Bennington um, definitely and definitely. it's it, like it was depressing like the two it, it's one thing to where I don't I, I'm, I'm trying to say how I come up with an analogy without like the news giving out about this R. Kelly thing without it seem like in like uh, in a right, right way. But like one of the things with R. Kelly, of why like it's hard for people that are like just like after all this news of like or even like news before of all the stuff with Aaliyah and then the the, the whole tape with the minor and even now like this this sex cult thing that like it's one thing to where like you do something so you can separate the art the artist from the art. But it's nothing where, like you're trying to separate where like you're trying to separate the artist from the art, but the art is about like the artist 
and like what the artist has, has done that's like a you know that's like the, the you know the sin or the moray or whatever you want to call it uh-huh. we're like it's hard for it's hard to like to listen to 12 play or R. Kelly's 12 play here seems like you're ready or uh <laughs> Brown told my mind telling me no my body's telling me yes but it's like okay so like but like it's hard for me like you're, you're talking about sex but like you're basically like a sexual predator right essentially no um, doubt so like to hear so like for me to, so to transition that like it, as analogy is like all of those maroon, oh, I'm sorry all of those uh, songs like great songs from um, Lincoln Park were about you know Bennington's pain and a lot of stuff that he lived through were like he was he was sexually abused as a kid like he was strung out on drugs like throughout his life he was a meth head and now like you know turning on that mic and singing your pain and now like he's gone and uh, part of it is like it's gonna be weird to listen to these records now and in the future where it's like this dude was dealing with he, he was basically telling you about his pain and now like it was to, to a point where he could not he could no longer bear it and now he's gone and I mean I don't you know for a lot of people you know my my, my timeline on Facebook it blew up with a bunch of people you know really thoroughly like shaken by this and um on one end it's 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 good to see that like for some people to like him tapping to his pain helped a lot of people deal with theirs but it, it, it I'm, I'm just I'm just the best best way to say sum it up is like I'm I'm really sad it ended this way and I wish you know it could end any way other than this yeah well I, you know James I wanted to add to that real quick before we jump off. Um, I grew up as an impressionable teenager around the time Lincoln Park was at their peak. And yeah. so a lot of their music resonated with a young Carl, you know, growing up and dealing with garbage, you know, dealing with girls, relationships and what have you, family problems, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is, you know, it's a, it's a depressing thing. It's a rough thing. Uh, you wish that there was just something, some way that he could have been helped in a better way that would have could have avoided this. And like you said, I mean, you see guys out there like an R. Kelly, and it's like, we're still stuck with this guy. I'm not saying I don't want anybody to croak on us, but we're still stuck with this sexual predator roaming the earth. And yet this guy who just wanted to sing about his pain couldn't seem to overcome overcome that. And it is, you know, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, and I think that just leads itself to, you know, if you have friends, people out there that you care about, whatever even if you don't think there's anything wrong with them just call them up check on them man just see how they're doing you know because you never know what that effect will have on them and you never know what they're going through so yeah man i think that's a great place to leave it uh rest in peace to chester uh this is rich from one nation radio make sure you guys check out social suplex.com uh dropping a bunch of columns on there but yeah we're up out of here peace later